welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Drama Geek. I'm Kimius. And I'm K-Drama Jen. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. With our December hiatus quickly arriving, it's the perfect time to join and listen to tons of past kimchi VIP episodes. Our patrons also get an exclusive invitation to our Discord server, where we chat daily about the dramas we're watching, participate in group watches, and support each other in our drama addiction. We'd love to have you join us. So today we are going to be talking about Under the Queen's Umbrella, episodes one through eight, just for a quick synopsis. Within the palace exists exists troublemaking princes who cause nothing but headaches for the royal family and are about to be turned into proper crown princes. Their mother, the queen, is the wife of the great king, but instead of having an aura of elegance and grace, she is prickly, sensitive, and very hot-tempered. Once more serene, she changed since people kept pushing her buttons. She is a queen who sometimes abandons her pride and is even known to swear. Every day of her life is full of trials, but she withstands them all for the sake of her children. Please remember that the first section that we'll be discussing will be spoiler free. And then we'll give you a very obvious, clear announcement when we are going to start spoiling so you can easily listen to the first half go back and watch the drama and then come join us for the second half for spoilers. Okay. So the question we always ask, why did we start watching? And I wrote it in here. It's me. I'm the reason everyone started watching. I, I the last couple of years have been such a, how do you feel? And that's what you're watching type thing. And the proof is that there have been two times in the last two years that I have been watching a saga or one, of, I think the other one was a Chinese, um, historical drama where I was like, you guys have to be watching this with me. Come on, come on. And that just doesn't, that just doesn't happen. I think it was the concubine one before the sword and the brocade or something like that. But anyway, it's just, that's how life is just so crazy. And sometimes you're just not in the mood for something, or you don't have time when something comes out. But for me, I really liked the, um, focus that this had on the queen. And I, so I was like, I really want to try it. And I've also just really wanted a good, which just sounds weird, but the last couple of years have gotten me to where I like, like I wanted something like the red sleeve or maybe it was the red sleeve anyway, something like that. Like I just needed some palace garb and, and fight for the crown, which sounds ridiculous that I would say that, but that's what I was in the mood for. So I started, if only it. we could tell Jenny from five years ago that this is where we were going to be like, no way. Here, here's the thing. I feel like that some of the, the, the topics and the way that they're portraying and the point of view that they show in a lot of them has been the reason that I'm, I'm in, invested in ones mm. now. Whereas maybe before that's why I wasn't, it's like we were talking about earlier, but this one is very female centered. So that's why I just kind of wanted to check it out and see how it was going. And thankfully I did. Cause it's my favorite airing drama right now. <laughs> and Kate Hughes, do you want to join her? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can tell you why I started watching and that was because drama key. So, okay. Let me just say we did like a, what are you watching? And I had watched like the first maybe 15 minutes or something. And I kind of was like, eh, uh, okay. I mean, it's kind of interesting, but eh, I just wasn't in the mood. And then Drama Geek kept bringing it up. And honestly, I felt bad for her because point, <laughs> nobody, nobody was listening. None to of us even- were watching it. So I was like, let me finish this other one. And then, cause I, it was, um, oh, it was, it was the one that K-Muse had recommended, which was, may I please the court? And I was like, okay, I watched that one because K-Muse told me to. So I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to take one for the team. I'm going to watch this for Drama Geek. And She's then I'll. I'll appease her and, and then I'll, you know, she'll have somebody to watch it with. And then I started watching it and I could not stop. Well, here I am. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love these kind of shows. It's just, I've had a really hard couple of months 
on watching anything that I didn't have to watch for the podcast or the blog. Um, just my time has really been filled up and there's just been a lot of stuff going on. And so I think that's why they made this the topic for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) because I literally have had the most stressful week, but I'm like, nope, I got to watch eight episodes of this (laughs) drama for this show. And so like, I, I got them all in eight episodes this week and I'm all ready to discuss. And but are you right? glad? It's a great show. Oh no, I'm glad. No. But that is definitely why I I push play because I'm like, okay, it's for the podcast, for the good of the world. That's I will, it. I will watch. Thing to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Just make it a plot, a podcast topic. I did so it I so that Drama Geek would feel better, and you did it. <laughs> But I'm really, really glad that I started it because um, I can't stop thinking about it. It's really, really good. So, so I, fun, yeah. So I have a funny story, real fast. Okay. So we switched over to this. I don't even know what social media site it is. It's some. It sounds like a dinosaur. Uh, that's always what I think of <laughs> when I see it. Is that- Billy Billy. Yes. Well, no, it's, it's like no. Magdodon or no. Mag. Oh, whatever it is. It, their their thing is a. Elephant, a mastodon, like it's oh, the okay. yes, yes, that's yes. Yeah, so I'm over on that. Just moved because Twitter might implode. Who knows mm. what's happening with Twitter? Who knows? And so I'm over there, and one of the very first things I get is from Drama Geek. <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch the show, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> it's and the I'm only like, thing I've even posted over there. <laughs> so. You know, she follows me there to nag me, so I have to watch. I'm just joking. It's totally cool. You know, I love good TV, so I'm totally happy to watch. But I did have to get forced because this week has been crazy. We twisted your arm, but I think you'll appreciate it in the end. I did. I did appreciate it in the end, especially (laughs) stopping eight. I was like, oh, I got to stop because otherwise I'm going to forget what I learned and, you know, it'll be all confusing. That's where I am now. Yeah. So I think we need to start by talking about how busy the king is and how many concubines and sons he has. So there he's are ones just fathering everyone. He's yes. like he's the Nick or who is it that's impregnating everybody here? Nick Cannon. <laughs> I know who you're talking about, but I don't think that's the person. Is that his name? name? I don't What's know. His no, name? Nick I don't Carter? know. No, it's not. No. Nick <laughs> I can't even Google that. Like I'm going to everyone. All right. Father of 10 babies. I know he just had 10 yeah. babies. There are we are. sure it's not Nick Cannon? Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Okay. The most Google thing about him is Nick Cannon kids. So I think okay. this is him. All right. Okay. Nick Cannon. But yeah, he has a lot of kids. You think at okay. some point, because usually it's like, well, I need kids to make sure my progeny goes forth. Like, I think it's covered. <laughs> but also, then again this king he's got yeah. it covered yeah although he seems to actually do love his children so he's not the most horrible person out there i don't he does it's not like i don't know that he at, wants to add more kids but he just he finds a mate that he likes and he just adds her to the pack so like that's it kind of because <laughs> that was one of the first thing like in one of the first episodes this new girl shows up and they're all like, Oh, who are you? What are you doing here? And like, Oh, didn't you know yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. been added? And then everyone's all like, well, don't introduce him to your maids. <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep them away. And yet he's not portrayed as this really evil. Per- it's a very weird. It His is King weird. is a very interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's talk yeah. about the sons <laughs> and um, because there are sons that we love and then there's at least one that we love to hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, what, um, as, as we think about kind of like, what do we think about the sons? We're thinking in the beginning here, of course, spoiler free. Um, mm-hmm. He has a bazillion concubines and he has a bazillion children. I think it's interesting that we don't see any princesses. I know that's one of my biggest. I'm like, <laughs> so none of you had girls or did you guys all or are like, we just send them away? Just, yeah. Or are we just not seeing them? Right. Like, yeah, but he is a busy boy. Well, um, and the queen actually had five boys. She did. Right? She had, yeah. And she know, definitely doesn't we, have any other kids. 
And usually you get the saguks where, oh, well, he's tired of his wife. So he's, that's why he's always with his concubines or whatever. Mm -hmm. But no, he found time to go hang out with his wife at least five times. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because again, usually you'd be like, oh, he's kind of a lecher or oh, Mm. but you don't get that vibe necessarily. No, Mm -hmm. it's almost like he's just kind of doing his duty, right? (laughs) But then occasionally like you'll get a glimpse into his life or his past life and you're like, Mm oh, that wasn't so stellar. We've (laughs) met his mother, right? So like, all right, but this is spoiler free. So let's (laughs) real quick, let's talk about the the sons um and so and there's a bunch of them so the queen herself has um she had she has five well yeah she's got five she has five sons and she so she's the mother of the crown prince and then four grand princes and so there's um and they are kind of um so other than the crown prince the, her other four children are just kind of goof offs. Like they are off doing their own thing. And you've got one who's really interested in the ladies and you have one who's more interested in, um, you know, like astronomy. Yeah, there was exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Astronomy. You have one that's interested in um, it's like the Songnam. Um, he's, he's more like, like he's out. He uh, likes to be out among the people and, and yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he tends to kind of just go out and he, and he's also the more I don't know, athletic one or not necessarily athletic, right. but like he, you know, he's out there fighting and shooting arrows and riding his yes. horse and he's just kind of out there doing his thing. And I mean, he has without spoilers, but he has a slightly different uh, uh, like upbringing, upbringing than, yeah. than the rest of them. So, yeah, but yeah. he's the oldest one after the crown prince for her sons because again yes. they're <laughs> right <laughs> and then there are the royal concubine sons and we have uh prince we song who um i despise i'm just gonna mm-hmm. say he's yeah. just rude he's, and obnoxious and horrible well, he's the oldest out of all of them is he, he is yes. yes yes and his mom was the one that i think everybody f- thought was going to be the queen and then she didn't end up being the queen so she's got this complex of like it was supposed to be me and I'm better. And her dad is a higher up, like a high up person, like normally the queen's dad would be. So like that whole dynamic is he feels like he should be the crown prince. And so he's just a snot. (laughs) Yeah. He's awful. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's a bunch of others, right? So, and, um, and you meet them all um, and throughout this drama and, and you learn all about them. And then there's like this whole group of, the concubines and you really see um like even in the opening scenes like these are moms who are doing everything they can for their sons Mm -hmm. um and they do it they have different ways of showing their care for their children but um you know some of them like feed them and some of them are you know like forcing them to study and so on so um it's just it's a cast of characters for sure of just, you know, a bazillion concubines, a bazillion kids, boys. Um, and although with the exception of three of the concubines, I don't think I could pick out any of the others in a lineup. So they're kind of just like concubine mesh. Of and I think like in some of the later episodes, we get a little bit more yeah. of a glimpse into them, but, um, but certainly in the beginning, well, as just- of episode eight, I can recognize three. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, see, and, and just like any place in the palace, there is, um, like levels, like hierarchy. And so yeah. there's the concubines that I think are from royal families, from royal like family, and the merit, like yeah. So yeah. like he, they were pe- selected and made concubines, and then there were the maids that he makes. Caught if you attention. watch, if you watch the red sleeve, you know that like that's he's just kind of okay. You're coming to my room tonight, and then all of a sudden you're a consort, you're a con- concubine. Or well, whatever. if and you so, have babies, or if right, he likes you, right. he wants you to hang out more than right. Yeah, months. and that's where so one of the main ones who is one of the main 
forefront princes that you know, Prince Bogum, he is her, her son, and she used to be the maid of the queen. She's the one that's always talking all cutely and um, kind of, she, I don't know, like she doesn't have an air about her, but she just kind of has occasionally naive. Yeah, she is kind of yeah. simple. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, she she was a maid who uh, her family gave her away to the palace or whatever. So like that's when she was pretty young. So that's pretty much all she, and with her age, she's probably one of the youngest with one of the older sons too. Yeah. So I think we were when, cause came use, she was watching everything all at once. And she was like, um, is she really old enough? And the actress is 33. The kid, the, uh, the actor that's her son is 19. So it, you know, she was, she was a young, uh, mother and she's again, she's probably one of the younger concubines. Wow. But yeah. Now for the main focus, who is the queen? She is absolutely amazing. She's mm-hmm. played by the actress Kim Haisu, who was in uh oh gosh, what is it called? The movie that we love, Signal. She was Yeah, the show Signal. she was Signal and then she was just in a recent one where she was a lawyer wasn't she was, she, was, she was juvenile justice yes juvenile yeah. justice she was very good in that mm-hmm. yeah and she's phenomenal yes so she's known for being maybe not the most composed queen ever like she definitely has a very strong personality um and it comes out in her mannerisms like she doesn't slowly walk she's like is known for her running yeah yeah well or even when she's walking normal she strides she's an aggressive forceful person Mm -hmm. who is going to get to where she needs to do she's not one that's not going to go into town find her son in the bed of a woman and drag him back home for school you know there's she doesn't have like these um these lines that she doesn't cross that a lot of women would just out of uh, what's appropriate or not. So she definitely has no lines that she will not cross for her kids. What are our initial thoughts on her? And of course, we'll talk spoilers later on. I just love this actress. She is so commanding and has such a presence to her. And she's really pulling off the loving mother aspect Mm. of the show as well as the brilliant politician and educated woman that um, the show has her as. And I just could not get enough. She's one of my favorite characters of the year. I 100% agree. She is just so amazing. And, you know, in the very, like the opening scenes, you see her just running around trying to, you know, chase after her boys and make sure that they get to where they need to be. And, Um, it's just captivating because once you kind of get to know her a little bit more, you can see like she will literally do whatever it takes to protect her children and to, um, to, to help them move forward. And um, I just think as an actress, she's doing an incredible job and the character herself is just amazing. Like she's so smart and loving. And I just, I think she's awesome. So I agree with you. Well, and one of the things I love that, like when you first start and that's where I think you watching the first like 15 minutes of it, you're like, eh, they do play at the comedy at the very beginning of that first episode. And they're like, again, she's running around, they're putting all of the princes have to get to class on time or whatever. And so you see all that. And, and again, they play her actions up for co- the comedic purposes at the very beginning. And so that first impression is kind of a little bit of a, on the comedy side, but it kind of fades pretty fast. And then that's pretty much it. Like once you're out of episode one, (laughs) there's no comedy. (laughs) Um, I would say nine and 10, nine and 10, which you have not watched there. It it kind of comes back a little bit, not, not a lot, but there are some, the, the setting up of a few things that are more comedic or maybe it was eight and nine there was a little bit more comedic stuff but no well, that's when they were in eight they there was a scene in a bathtub that was kind of funny right <laughs> but yes. with that exception I right. can't really think of any yeah. other so moments maybe that were like oh yeah that was humorous yeah so it again that initial 
view of her, it, it does feel very comedic. And one of the last roles that she was in as the lawyer, like the fast talking lawyer. Um, I can't remember what the drama was called. Like it was, um, I have to look it up because I need to know it was the, uh, oh, hyena. I knew I, I was like, uh, was okay. an animal. It was an animal. <laughs> what was it called? So like kind of a hyena, like a little bit of that over the top comedy, but that fades away really fast. And then she is able to show, uh, character depth. And again, like you said, like, it's so like ingrained in her, the love of her children. And when the show starts, you don't know how much she's already done for her children. You kind of find out as you keep, as you get to know their, their history and everything. But even when you, like, when you think back to like seeing her go and gather them, like she has them not study for a reason there is, it, it was calculated. It wasn't just to like, eh, I'm going to neglect them or whatever. It's so that they don't feel like they're threatening the crown prince that they're um, they can remain in the palace and being friends with their brother who may possibly be a rival if they were to try to like take his place or whatever. So there, there is calculation in what she does. Like she's one of the smartest Queens that I've seen. Like she, it, she's just so dynamic and I love her so much. She's like my favorite. <laughs> okay. So I think this is the last non-spoilery part that we're going to do. So we'll do this and then we'll announce when we're going to start the spoilers, but although I have a thing, remember, we are going to put in cinematography. So I think two more (laughs) non-spoilery comments. Oh, I guess that's my part to talk about (laughs) um, cinematography. Okay. Okay, So we'll just announce when we're going to always. Yeah. Usually I always have it in, but I didn't do the outline because I didn't watch it in time to do the outline. And so, but we can't, we have to talk about it because it's so good. Normally in Sagux, the main bad guy is the female lead or the female lead, the father-in-law. I'm the one that put the, the, <laughs> in there. the father-in-law of the queen or whatever minister wants his daughter to be queen. That's not always the case. Sometimes the, the bad guy is actually the king or whatever, but we still have these, these guys, the, the dudes still exist in the, uh, but so they're still in the story, but the main villain of this story is hundred percent the queen Dowinger. And she is glorious in her evilness. And I just love, I love when a character is evil and I love hating them. Like I love to hate her and she's just amazing. So she, and the other thing with this is there's so much that's happened before you get to it, that her backstory and how she became the mother of the King and all of that is very um, we won't mention any of that because of spoilers, but intriguing and really shows like who she is and what she's made up of. And, and she's also willing to do whatever it takes for her children <laughs> or child. I think she just had the one child. Um, but yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's played by um, the Kim Haesuk. Like she's the one that was in a hospital playlist and every so many, so many dramas, but She's just amazing. Oh, the last one was tomorrow. She was the, what was it, the Jade Empress? There's Emperor, the Jade Emperor in that. And she kind of channels a little bit of that in this one as well. Like when she pushes back her hair or whatever, she does the evil, I'm so amazing type thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that she has so many nuances of mm-hmm. evil to her. It's not just... Well, I want my son to be the king. No, she has that, but she she's addicted to controlling and the the power plays. I think she literally is addicted. It's not enough that she just wants her son to be the thing. Well, now I want whatever kid I choose to be the next king. And I want to play with all of the various women because I can, you know, it's not just the whole, well, I want the best for my son and blah, blah, blah. She's truly evil in her own right. And she just likes destroying people. That's like her sole purpose in life. It seems (laughs) she's so manipulative and so power hungry and just the way that 
she, I mean, we, I love the way that this drama um, over the episodes reveals things bit by bit. So you get a really clear picture of just who she is. Um, and I think that that's really one of the um, powerful pieces of this drama is the way that it's paced and the way that they reveal information over time. Um, but I agree, you just love to hate her because the more you watch, the more you discover all the horrible things she's done and you just like, it's one thing on top of another. So she's glorious in her evilness, as Drama Geek said. Well, and I don't think, like you were saying, power hungry. I don't think she, at this point, because like her son's the king, whoever's the next king, whoever becomes the crown prince, I don't know that she cares who that person is. She just wants it to be somebody she placed on the throne. Absolutely. She wants to, but she wants that power of like, to the feeling of manipulating and being able to control that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way she plays all the concubines against each other and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. She is so good. Such a horrible woman. (laughs) (laughs) But let's quickly talk about cinematography because, oh my word, this drama is so full of the most gorgeous scenery Mm -hmm. and whimsical moments. It's so beautiful. And I, I can't get enough of it. Like, it's so pretty. Well, I just want to like just, screen cap it all. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so, um, there's so many good shots like that. Um, and that's where, um, I think it was, um, just between lovers. I remember talking about how the, the director was so good at framing shots and also framing, I, I don't know about if they just between lovers, if they were good at framing the story arcs, but this director, writer team, they're really good at framing those story arcs, each one. And like you said, the pacing is part of what makes this drama so good. And part of that is the reveal of each different story arc. And one of the best examples is the first thing we're going to talk about once we get to the spoilers, so we'll save it. But like just the way that everything is revealed when certain information is revealed and then how that kind of is ended with one of the most beautiful shots in K-drama, like just so amazing. So I just, yeah, the cinematography and the, this team, it's there. Well, and the aging because they aged the Dowager Queen so well. Mm -hmm. I like that they kept the same actress for the younger version of her and the older version, but uh, they CGI, of course, all of her wrinkles and everything, right. but they do it really well. So it's not quite just a, like, what is going on with your face? You know, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. So anyway, talented. And now it's time for spoilers. Yay. Spoilers. <laughs> do not listen anymore. If you have not watched all the way through episode eight, unless you're one of those people who likes to hear the spoilers, this is going to contain information all the way through the end of episode eight. In case that wasn't clear, it's now time <laughs> for spoilers. <laughs> all right. So here we go. Prince Kaesong and um, Prince Kaesong has a secret. And so we want to now just talk about everything that happens during that reveal and the queen's reaction to this. And, um, I just, I would love to hear what both of you thought because I was watching that and just on the edge of my seat, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be at first. Um, And so I was actually very surprised um, by the reveal, but um, Drama Geek, do you want to start? Sure. So he, um, every, all of them, all of her grand, the grand princes kind of have, they're like, they're not good at school or they're not showing up to school. Um, and you find out that he is just not showing up to class. He disappears every day and you don't know where he's going. And the, um, the crown, there is a reason why the print at the very beginning, the queen needs them to all step it up and possibly, uh, be a little bit more responsible. And so she's paying attention to him in a way she hasn't. So, you know, he's been able to just do whatever he wants. And, um, then, so she's paying, you know, she's got her lady in waiting, her maid following him, trying to 
figure out like, where is he going? Why isn't he in class? He's about to get kicked out. If he gets kicked out, he's not going to be able to do the process of what all this, what the other princes are doing. And so they follow him and uh, they don't show, like she sees it, the lady in waiting, which I don't know if I have a section where I talk about her. This is probably a good place to talk about her, but their relationship is so amazing. Like they, she, the, obviously the, when the queen gets brought in, she's the crown princess and she's young and they form a bond and a relationship that I always hate when somebody feels like they're too, um, devoted to somebody where it doesn't feel like they have a choice. It's just that they have this a devotion, but you can see that these women have been through things together and that these kids are almost like her kids. And it's just such a touching, um, relationship. And when she sees that the queen sees it, she runs away, goes and finds the only place in the palace that she can go to cry. She balls her head off her lady in waiting comes and finds her. And that's when they talk about like when she was younger and this is where she would go. And, and there's just this devastation that you're like, what is going on? And I, the way that they play it out the way, cause she follows him. It's this tucked away hidden place. I thought he was there with the lover. Um, when I saw that part and so I was like, okay, I see where they're going or whatever. But then the, um, consort, uh, go, which she's one of the ones that like, she may not be somebody that came use can pick out right now, but she will be after she watches nine and 10. <laughs> no, she so was I, one of the three okay, the, of okay. the consorts. Yeah. It was so, her and the evil kids, mom, and uh-huh. then the flighty younger. Right. Those are gotcha. the three. Yeah. yeah. I think that those are probably the three that you, other than the younger, who was definitely a maid at some point in time, she's always the one giving the, the naive one advice. And she's always telling her kind of like, Oh, this is how it is. And whatever she, I don't know what her name is or anything. I just know that she's always the one talking to her and giving her advice. But, um, so she gets information because everything in the pal, like everybody knows everything. It's so hard to keep secrets. The fact that anybody has any secrets is always amazing to me, but she does the same trip later on in that episode and follows the path. The prince is still going there and sees him and they have this reveal and it's revealed that uh, Prince Gay Song is transgender and he's in there. She's every, like, I will just call him Prince Gay Song. It's he, his identity isn't out. And so they call him that the whole time, but, um, he, they see the makeup being put on the dress and everything. And that means death if that secret is found out. So the um, queen's reaction to this is what puts her in like the top. I love her to death. And I would, she's just one of the most amazing moms on there. Um, And I don't talk about it a lot on the podcast or anything like that. I mentioned it here and there, but my daughter, my oldest daughter is, um, well, I have one daughter, but she is transgender. And so this storyline kind of is one of those things that kind of was like, okay, that's, and that's part of the reason why I'm like, guys, you need to be watching this. You've got to see this because having a saga cover this in the way that they did, because the queen's reaction was exactly like you want her to react. She does everything in her power to protect him. She burns down a building so nobody can find, um, the, the, the evidence of this. And then by the end of three, she takes, uh, Prince Gaesong out, um, so that she can dress up, Prince Gaesong can dress up and have a portrait made. And that will be, instead of going and possibly having somebody oversee her dressing up that way, then um, Prince Gaesong can look at that picture and, and have that. So, but the conversations that she had, it's, I can't, you have to watch it to be able to know just how amazing the writer and the, this, the show did with it. But the love that she has for a child, the queen has for a child and how it all plays out, it was just fantastic. And then when we we're talking about cinematography, there is an end shot where they're leaving and the, the, the umbrella is covering Prince Gay Song. And you see in the, like the real live action, it's him, it, he, the prince clothes and the mother, and then all of a sudden it does a painting and it's 
the in handbook in the dress and um as a girl standing next to her mom and sorry <laughs> you're gonna get all emotional but it was just so beautiful and i loved it and it's a minor you know that the whole show isn't focused on that but they keep the thread throughout the the, the episodes and the mom's support throughout the episodes and it's just amazing and that scene she has her parasol she has her umbrella yes um, and so that was like the first time you really see very clearly okay her children are under her umbrella she will do whatever it takes to to show her children that she loves them in whatever way it is and protect them and i was so moved by that ending scene in particular and the language she used as she mm. you know you know she was clearly devastated and when she has that conversation with her maid about, you know, why she was crying and it was really more for, you know, she now knows that Prince Kisong is, is facing a lifetime of, of really difficult choices and a mm -hmm. difficult, you know, journey and her heart was just breaking and oh my gosh, it was just so beautifully done. I just thought, wow, what a mom. And I really liked how we get the most amazing representation in a Seguk. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like, huh, there's not expecting that story arc and for it to be so well done, so thoughtful and just beautiful. Everything about it was gorgeous. I really appreciated that the, the way that it was handled and not, you know, it wasn't um, done in a joking manner or, you know, cause sometimes, especially let's say earlier K-dramas, um, it certainly would not have been necessarily handled that way. And so if they were going to even approach that at all, um, mm -hmm. and I really, yeah, I was so sure that what they were peering at was like him with one of the eunuchs or, you know, something like that. Right. Well, that was my guess too. <laughs> right. I'm like texting, yeah. um, live. I'm like, Oh, is he gay? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. Yeah. So the elephant in the room for the first few episodes is the crown prince and his illness. Uh, I want to say it's like, um, what is the, where you, like, if you bleed, you bleed. Yeah. Hemophiliac. Yeah. yeah. Like if you Hem bleed, you bleed. Hemophiliac. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is the disease he suffers from uh, it in their time. They think there's no cure. It's just something that's going to eventually kill him. So of course they start, doing uh what is it called like the blood needle letting. pricks yeah yeah bloodletting and needle pricks <laughs> and everything <laughs> to try to fix him and that's just making him more and more sick mm -hmm. and so the whole premise is is this is the security for the queen and the four brothers is that he's the crown prince they're secure in their position as long as he is the crown prince if that changes then there's no security for them anymore. We also get told of a similar situation that happens with yet another queen who had five boys and the crown prince dies and she is cast out and all her boys are murdered because they're possible threats. And so she's trying to avoid the situation and keep the crown princess illness secret from everybody. But of course, it's the the castle so or the palace. Mm -hmm. You can't keep it secret. And so it's a lot of like finagling how much is told and when mm -hmm. and whether they're going to be able to fake being healthy for long term. Hmm. Well, um, and the person that died before was the crown prince's uncle. So yes. the hereditary of like it was passed down or whatever and that they Supposedly. think well he died right right he died so the crown prince is gonna die and then of um, course we later find out that every doctor that ever was there when the crown the previous crown prince died has either died or is missing or there's like no one so that mm -hmm. of course is very suspicious and we do learn that he was murdered by the queen dowager and now the queen dowager is trying to make this happen again because she wants to choose who she wants to choose and she doesn't get along with the queen. So she wants to pretty much kill the queen and all her kids. Mm -hmm. 
What a nice grandma. <laughs> I know. Well, that's and I, every- love, I love how they're like, don't you love your grandchildren? Right. Of course I do, but I care about the good of the country first. <laughs> you know, it's always all like, oh, you evil witch. I <laughs> know. Mm-hmm. Well, and this storyline brings about, and because again, when you start out, there's so many princes and you don't know exactly like who is best fit to be the king or, you know, even the grand prince, there's two of them that, I mean, there's the one who, and it makes it seem like he likes a lot of women, but it really is that he just likes this one that he likes to go see. But, um, so there's, you know, there's a couple of different grand princes, but this situation brings about grand prince, uh, Sung Nam, who is the next in line as far as age with the queen's children and his devotion to his brother. Like he goes once he, cause again, he doesn't know right away. Nobody tells, they keep it a secret. But once he finds out, he goes and has to procure medic cause nobody knows how to treat it except for all the people that were killed when the, <laughs> when the other guy, the other prince or king died. And so he kind of steps up and he's able to to find medicine. Although the storyline, I think it was K-Drama Jen that was like, they're even covering like, like pandemic type yes. <laughs> situations of decisions of like what, what they're going to do. Do they keep them isolated? Do they, you know, burn it down? In? Do like, they burn it down? Strong? Do they give like supplies? Yeah. It's part of like their, cause the, again, these, there's so much stuff that happens. And in the episodes were so dense that it may feel like there was a lot of stuff we left out when we're talking about the different topics, but um, they originally tried to the contest of like trying to figure out who was going to be the crown prince's like uh tutor buddy or whatever. I can't remember what the, the title was, but <laughs> <laughs> so they, t- they pull from the princes and that's, they're, they're, um, competing against each other and the snotty prince that we don't like his, I think his answer was to burn them down, right? Yes, he it just was. wanted to burn it down, like kill them all. <laughs> but that's where Sung Nam finds the medicine from one of the doctors that's there. And he brings it back to the palate. And I kept like the part of me that's been through what we've been through the last little bit. I'm like, is it obviously it's not airborne. Cause he didn't make the whole palace sick, but like, it's like, he's going in there. Why is he doing that? Why is he going into where all the people are like spitting up blood and everything, but he gets the medicine, brings it and it helps the crown prince. But then alas, he doesn't survive. Right. <laughs> I was so shocked that they killed him off. I, and I should have expected it, but I was still shocked. I wasn't, I no. was like, I was expecting that. I was like, mm, yeah. But then he got yeah. better and he came for the birth of his baby and life looked rosy again. And then it just went, <laughs> Oh, it was so sad. <laughs> I also was- know that that actor is double dutying it right now. Cause he's in cheer up. So I was like, yeah, I feel like he's not going to be in the rest of the <laughs> so he's a little busy he is, yeah. but he made a really good crown. I loved he did. his depiction of the crown prince. He did a really good job <clears throat> and the whole brother scenes and the son mm-hmm. scenes. Oh, oh, yeah. When he was like laid on his mom's lap when she oh. was there studying for, I like teared yeah. up. Well, and then and the, when and she wasn't there when he died and it was just oh, so God. devastating. It was, it was probably one of the worst things that the King has done so far in the drama. Like, again, we've said, he's not like the worst King. He's just kind of this character and he's not the main focus. He kind of comes in and out, but he still has a very, like a prominent role in, in it, but he's just this, like, well, he tries to be a really good person, but he anytime does. he's reminded that he could lose his throne, he backs mm-hmm. down. Right. Well, and again, we know from a lot of the stuff that was revealed that his gaining the the crown was not the best way. And he has guilt for that. So I think he battles with like trying to prove himself. I deserve to be king. So I want to be a good king. And the like, also, yeah, his mom, my mom's an evil psychopath. And (laughs) what am I supposed to do? She will kill my children she will kill my grandchildren she has no qualms about well, every time he like he bring, tries to stand up with her she's all like you're the one who made me do this yeah you're the one who made me kill your brother yeah. you know i yeah. was just like oh <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's a it's a very and that's part of one of the reasons i like, 
there is a moment where the, that she's telling him about what she did for him. And you can kind of see like, she's evil. We're not, we're not messing with that fact. Cause that yeah. is a fact, but you also kind of see that he, at, he wanted it and he she let wanted it happen. Yeah. She, well, he, at, he said, I want to be the crown prince. I want it. And then, so then she eventually like tried to get it for him. And so that's it. Yeah. It was yeah. A bit, like, she was very human in that moment where, you know, she was like, I did it for you. Of course we know now that it has nothing to do it. Cause I think she would honestly get rid of him as King <laughs> if she had to, so that it would be her choice. Like she would have no problem getting rid of him. Agreed. Although then she would have to give up her role as the, the, the mother. So I don't think she wants that just yet, but, um, yeah, I, it was very sad when the crown prince died, but I, the, some of the scenes were really, especially with the mother and him making her promise, like take care of my, my wife and my, my son, my kids. Cause she just had a baby. Um, so she has the little, uh, crown grand prince. He's a grand prince, right? So the little grand prince and And then the baby. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was his, his role in the show was very impactful. He did a great job. I loved his character and I love that they have kept him, um, kind of in a couple of flashback scenes with the, his, his brother, grand prince sung them. Um, and they had a really, he's the reason again, it's so dense. He's the reason that sung them was brought back into the palace. And that was their bond. Cause sung them was sent out of the palace. Cause he was born during a mourning period. So he's, uh, I might be, that might be a spoiler past eight. So I'll shut up about <laughs> I'm trying to think when did that happen? I can't I remember when that, happened. we can maybe take that out and Amber will not care about being spoiled. <laughs> it's not really a, a huge spoiler. Anyway, we're good. We're good. Okay. So there are several plots to take the queen down, kill the prince's son, the, so the grandparents that we were just talking about his son, who's like what five or something like that. Like he's so cute and so young, but somebody tries to kill him. Um, and they try to accuse the queen. Cause again, the, the crown prince being sick was hidden by the queen. She didn't let everybody know. And then she treated him without everybody knowing how she was treating him. And so she's from all sides, everybody's trying to like blame it on her and get her, um, arrested or killed or deposed kicked or out. Whatever, yeah. kicked out, kicked out. They just want to, they want her kicked out, especially the, the main consort that felt like she should have been queen. And then the, um, the queen Dowinger would love for her to be gone. Um, so they try to kill the crown prince's son and pretty, pretty much just wipe out any buddy that's in the way of another person. To, so for the queen Dowinger, she doesn't seem to have a, a a front runner that she cares about. She kind of goes back and forth and she loves playing everybody off each other, but like the main consort, she wants her son, the snotty evil one that we don't like. He did end up, he, he at this point, uh, that might be a spoiler. I'll shut up about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is Sorry. why we don't watch ahead. <laughs> I don't know, but when I watched the next episodes, there was, we hadn't decided we were going to recap it. We were just going <laughs> to, anyway, he will just, you know, he looks out for himself. He does what he has to do to, to survive, to win, not to just survive. Cause he wants to be the king. Um, but so I feel like it, like it was so fun. It's fun to watch all the plots weave in and out and, and have the queen save herself over and over again and save her sons. Like she, and her, her daughter-in-law, like she makes sure and saves her and takes care of her and protects her. So the queen it's the best, it's an amazing title because that's exactly like she's, and it's not even just her kids. Like she's the queen and has all of the kids are essentially under her protect like her responsibility as how she's always had to, to kind of look at it. So like, she will take care of other, the other princes. It doesn't even have to be her child. Um, but I guess the question, the queen is just amazing throughout. And what do we think of the, Oh, what do we think of the King and all this? And is there any part of all of that? That was your favorite, the queen, you know, after the crown prince dies, there's a lot that happens kind of after that. So any of your like side plots or side, uh, what do you, 
twisting of the mustache plotting. (laughs) I really enjoyed seeing the scenes between the queen and the king and how much respect they had for each other. Mm -hmm. Like, again, usually you get, oh, this epic love or I don't love you. I'm forced to sleep with these other women. You get all that. But you don't have that in this. You don't have her being jealous of these other women. You don't have her um, going and battling and doing all these things just to undermine them. It's more she's just being very respectful to them. She has a lot of respect, obviously, for the king, even if she doesn't always agree with the decisions she makes. She's willing to give him an out when he cannot do it himself uh there's multiple times where he's about to give in to all the people yelling at him and she comes in and she changes the playing field that one of my favorite scenes is when everyone is begging him to uh kick the crown prince to the curb and get a new crown prince and he doesn't want to but he's going to give in to the political pressure and she comes walking in and (laughs) takes all these grown men and yells at them until they're like, just, you know, she debates them until they look like idiots and turns it back on them. And it was such a brilliant move. And she gives him that space where he can be a better King. And so Mm -hmm. I really like that the romance isn't really coming into it. It's not a romantic situation. It's more of a power position and, interacting with your coworkers kind of thing. <laughs> true. So, I love that. It's true. I think that I one of my favorite parts of the queen's like you get to see how really smart she is, um especially like when she ends up, you know, teaching her own children because everyone else is like smuggled in tutors and things like that, but she's actually teaching her own kids. I loved that we get to see how bright she is. And then I was really amazed by the way she was able to manipulate the situation to save the crown prince's wife, the crown princess Mm -hmm. and the, and the baby grand princes, you know, like I thought that there was a moment where I thought, wow, she really threw that crown princess under the bus just to protect her son but that's not what happened. And so I was just amazed by that. But I agree is when, when we think about the king, she helps him do the right thing. And I think that, you know, he is torn between some really powerful women um, because his mother is really powerful and strong and has a lot of influence over him. And he has a wife that is the queen herself, is a strong personality. And then he's got some of these concubines that are also like con- the... Um, Wee Song's mother, the first consort or whatever, well, Mm -hmm. at least at one point, she's very, very strong and powerful as well. And so like, so he's constantly trying to like figure things out. And also you can see like he wants to make choices, but he knows what he's up against. And so it's constant, like the, the queen helps him process through certain things and be able to make choices that people can kind of live with. And so I really, it's been, I've just, first of all, I mean, we've already said it, but I love this queen. And I do think that she makes him a better king for sure. Well, and I like that even with the, the tutor, like, or not that he, the, they weren't picking a tutor, but they were picking the, a study buddy <laughs> type thing. There was somebody at the beginning that was like, this is kind of like, Sky Castle with all the moms trying to get them to study right. and all of that, yeah, everything. But um, that in that process and in picking the new crown prince, like he really does want somebody to take over for him that is not picked by these men who try to manipulate him and push him around. And he doesn't want their golden boy to be the next king like he knows this uh, certain sons of his have more political backing than others and he's just like no i want it to be who is best for the the country for the throne and and he really pushes and seeks to do that and it, like you were saying that's that scene where she comes up and and just she is the strength and the backbone that he needs sometimes 
when she has the decision of like, I have to do this for my children, he benefits from it. And it's just, they, they do like, again, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, almost like you're watching 20 years later from some of the, the romance stuff, but they, I, they never were like in love or any of that kind of stuff, but maybe some of the arranged marriages we've had to see when they're younger, 20 years later is go, goes by. And then you kind of see what, what has what the dynamics of what a palace looks like and what a queen would have to do in that situation of like, I don't love you. You don't love me, but we still have to rule the country and, and get through the life. So I love that aspect of it. It's kind of, there's so many different ones where it's like, that could have been a show if we did the background on that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. so there is no main OTP, um, but a few of the princes do get a love interest. So what are our thoughts about those? Um, so we have the um, Grand Prince Songnam and the Minister of War's daughter. I think um, it's the Minister of War. I put question yeah, mark, but yeah, I think it's okay. And, uh, and then, of course, we have um, Grand Prince Muan, the one who's... The ladies' man. The ladies' man, <laughs> although he seems to be focused on one particular lady. What do we think of their little romances? I think it's necessary. I think a lot of people um, have a hard time if there's not any kind of romance in a show, especially when you've got this many princes. <laughs> like You've got this right. many guys in it that there's not anything. I like that they've kept it low key and just kind of on the sidelines. I really like the girl that Prince Muon had, like the one that he likes and the, 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 she's not, so she hasn't become like, she, she plays the instrument within the, the key bang, but she does, she's not a, a full-fledged, she hasn't taken that step to become a geesing. And so his focus of like, he kind of his relationship with her. I really like her. There've been some scenes. And again, it really should have just watched through episode eight. because <laughs> like, I can't remember if it happened or not, but I, they um, haven't had very much scenes together by okay. the end of eight. Okay. So, okay. But if so that helps she, at all, <laughs> the stuff that I've seen with her in it, I really like her as a character and I like the actress. I really like her as a character, the minister's daughter. She's fun, comedic kind of relief. And provides that in the, some of the, the stuff that's coming up and everything. So I enjoy her and I'm not sure she's a good political wife. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. She's very, cause like she, I don't know if she'll ever get what her, she's a little self-absorbed and spoiled. Mm -hmm. Well, they just want to get some. They said they let her run wild because they didn't think she was going to live that long. Right. And that's, I was like, Hmm. What's I wrong forgot about that, that right? <laughs> like, <laughs> now she might have some tragic end later, on right? Something like that after, after who we think is going to be crown crown prince. Who knows? He might not be, but but I think she adds a nice light air to the the heavier stuff yeah. that goes on, and a, and a, it's not a romance at all so far or anything like that. It's just a nice. She kind of flits in and flits out, and and it has potential cute. because. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't know that she's the minister of war's daughter. And so like, and that, and her father has been really plotting against him. Mm-hmm. So like, there's all of these pieces, you know, like you can see things like, hmm, there's some dominoes that might fall a little bit later on. Well, and she doesn't know he's the grand prince. Right. She just thinks he's a noble and a noble family hot. and hot. hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she cares about. I love that she- there was a rain cameo. <laughs> oh my <laughs> that was gosh. Funny. I was like, I messaged Jen. I was like, is that rain? Wait a minute. Oh, has he ever been in a, a saga before? I don't know that he has. It was kind of interesting to see him in a, I want to say a, in he Hambok. was in a movie or something. Oh, I bet you a movie. As I remember part. seeing him in Hambok before, but I can't okay. remember where. His face suits the, the gat and everything really it, well. It does. Yeah. He was Her. just a handsome passerby, according to... Um... <laughs> So the crown prince contest is fun and really shows their skills. What are some of our favorite moments so far? So my favorite moment is one of my favorite cinematic moments of the show. Mm. When the, the top Royal Prince was, he couldn't get in a boat across the, the, what do you call it? Where there's water, but the tide is coming in or there's land, but the tide's coming in. 
It's kind of like a crossway to an island that is something like that, where it's where it's completely not. You can't get there through like carts and stuff. You have to take a boat or there's a small strip of land during very Mm -hmm. specific times of the day because of the tide. So the tide's coming in. He needs to get across the bad or well, not bad guys, but people have been bribed to not take him across. So he runs his horse in the last few seconds he can get across before he's sunk into the ocean. And it's so pretty, just the panning of that as it goes across. Mm-hmm. And I just like that whole scene where he jumps off the cliff to prove that the guy's uh-huh. not lying. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny and so unexpected. It's just really cool. And so I enjoyed that. Mm. So I'm trying to think as far as moments the during the Crown Prince con- contest. Um, so I actually really like the younger princes mm. and how they just kind of decide to be like, eh, let's go <laughs> off and eat good let's, food, you know? I love that. Let's go have some, what was it? It was steamed Ma- buns. Mandu, <laughs> yeah, they went. Yeah. To yeah. It was so adorable. Yeah, they're... I, Again, the the beginning of like they have to run and who's the fastest or whatever and the youngest one, like poor guy, he was trying really hard and I mean he he made it or whatever, but like they're they knew like a lot of most of them once they started, they're like, I'm not, I'm not gonna actually win this. So they just kind of picked out what or were what was important to, leave. to Right. But the, yeah, that what that was important to them and with them, it was having a well, good time outside the palace. And I and- love the moms back at home. So proud of her little son for continuing the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of my favorite moments in the contest was the arrow and you mentioned it to me, came you. So I'm the, so he's trying to, sh- they're all trying to shoot the arrows and mm. the grand prince. That's the younger brother to the crown prince it's windy and he has to shoot it a certain way. And he remembers how the crown prince, and again, the crown prince is the only reason he ended up back in the palace. Not that the queen didn't want him back in the palace, but that he worked to get him back there and their relationship was special. And, and he even says to his mom, like, I got this. He trained me. I know what I'm supposed to do. I just haven't done it because I'm not supposed to do it, but their relationship and just show, he showed him how to shoot the arrow if it was windy. And that was a very touching moment. I really liked that. So, but I liked that the, the contest really kind of showed their different personalities and what, how they were able to, to kind of navigate what the King set out for them, you know, to do and revealed some of the more, uh, scheming, evil parts of the one prince that we all like he's really the only one I don't like the rest yeah. we've got that many princes and he's the only one that seems to be ambitious in a in a uh conniving you know way whereas there are other ones Bogum he's ambitious but he wants to do it the right way he doesn't want to cheat and and he wants to to win and be the good king. Like he wants, I, I want to be king, but I want to be the king if I'm supposed to, like if I'm good enough to be the king. True. But he's also not going to help pull you up. <laughs> He'll be like, well. if you fall, well, no, I wasn't cheating. I wasn't going to help you because that would be cheating. <laughs> it was a fun, it was a very brotherly moment though. <laughs> oh, and then when they were snarky and like, well, I don't want the window open. I want the window open, you know? <laughs> that was was such a brother thing all right so i think that's kind of we've we were up to the end of eight again you have a better idea of where it ended than what i have (laughs) i'm like i "I still want to talk about that other thing i was like no that's yeah (laughs) pretty much it ended up in the middle of the prince and the girl just went and hugged him so Mm, that's where it ended oh i yes so the 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 minister of war's daughter yes okay hugged him yes so her parts of because again she'll be she's the both again i think they use the the contest to have a little love line fun to come so but so so we'll be doing nine through 16 16 airs December 4th. So not next weekend after Thanksgiving, but the weekend after that. And so that'll be finished. And then we'll try to do the p- final podcap after that. 
and we'll have well it'll be the week after it'll be mid-january because remember we're on hiatus correct and we have end of year and pod or in the patreon oh, first and you know what i'm busy next weekend i'm gonna go see <laughs> my k besties yeah. are you traveling we'll are you traveling somewhere cool i'm traveling somewhere really cool and i get to see <laughs> two of my favorite people um so i'm like a week from tomorrow so i'm super yes. excited so there are just so many moments that we could chat about and I feel like we only hit the tip of the iceberg, but there's so little time and I still have to eat. So <laughs> we're, too, going we to, too. we're going to pause right here at the end of episode eight. And of course we'll be recording the second half of the show for the new year. So a great way to start 2023, which is crazy that we're that close. <laughs> wow. So crazy. I know. So on that note, thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this pod or episode. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or through our Patreon page. And the links are in our show notes. And if we end up coming up with a different uh, social media outlet that we use instead of Twitter, we'll update you with that in the future. But that is true. But right we, now we're still we using are. Twitter to the bitter we end. We are. <laughs> Um, so we love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you and talking is so much faster than typing. 